Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. Systems seem to be going here. If you hear me out there, text me. <laughs> I asked that earlier. I didn't get any texts. I don't know. That's not a good sign, but I'll just go on faith. seems to be working. Anyway, we welcome to the show my dear friend and mentor, Dr. Arthur Laffer, Chairman and Chief Economist of Laffer Associates, Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient, and he has a new book out called Taxes Have Consequences, An Income Tax History of the United States. Boy, do we need that. Uh, we just lost art for one second. It's not our day. Maybe we got him back. Do we get him back? I think we're waiting for him to come back. Anyway, all right, we got him back, the great Art Laffer. Arthur, uh, you can't dodge me. you gotta, you got to talk to me. Well, I'd love to talk to you. I just got the phone call that you called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Art, How is, are you doing? I'm good, buddy. Uh, taxes have consequences in income tax history of the United States. Is the book officially out? Oh, yes, it's officially out. In fact, we had a real glitch on it, Larry. Uh, it sold so much in the first printing of that that they ran out of it on all the bookstores and Amazon for about a month and a half. Oh so the God. new uh, the new stuff just came on stream, which is wonderful. The last two weeks we've had books back up on Amazon and everywhere. So Good. We'll hopefully it'll re-catch up on its sales. Good. So, folks, one click on Amazon, you get this great book. Uh, it's a very, very important book. Um, so let's talk about – I just want to talk about one thing. Before we get to income taxes and why uh, Jared Bernstein is completely wrong for attacking you and <laughs> Trump's tax cuts – what you know, you've been around a long time. You, have you watched Biden and Schumer uh, and others uh, criticize the Republicans? Republicans want to cut spending. They'll raise the debt ceiling, but they want a couple of dollars of spending cuts to go along with it. What John Boehner did over 10 years ago, it's high time we had a little spending restraint. The government is too damn big. But they keep saying the Republicans are going to, uh, slash Social Security, and they're going to slash Medicare, and they're going to not pay the interest on the debt. You know, it's and, and then you talk to these Republican leaders. I talked to, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise, all of whom you know. They say, no, we're not touching Social Security right now. That's not part of the plan. Uh, of course, we'll pay the interest on the debt. You know, it's like the big lie, Art. Democrats do this. The big lie, if you say it enough, people come to believe it. It's like Germany or something, or like the Soviet Union. What do you make it? I mean, isn't that just kind of the lowest form of politics? It, it is. Uh, unfortunately, Larry, it's practiced by a lot of people, Republicans as well. Oh. I mean, oh, I hate telling you that, but it's true. Oh. Uh, but it's much more it's much more prevalent among Democrats today, and especially among this, this administration, because very simply because there is not a single spokesperson. For the Republican Party. And so they can go and get someone's phrase out of Louisiana and someone's phrase out of Montana and stuff like that and play it. Uh, The, the, you know, the, the fair tax, uh, that's a perfect example Mm -hmm. of the fair tax of 23%. Only one person I know proposed that that was a, a senator, I believe, from Louisiana. But, you know, that's the Republican plan, which would, you know, it's it's really hard when you don't have leadership in the Republican Party speaking with one voice. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on your show, is the Republicans need to get a game plan, an economic game plan that is ours. Uh, Low-rate, broad-based, flat tax, spending restraint, as you push so much for and so important, uh, and then uh, 
sound money, free trade, minimal regulations. Mm. Once we get a leadership that pushes that line, they won't be able to pick and choose and pick out people's comments here, there, and elsewhere. And, you know, but it, I don't think it sells, Larry. Everyone knows that they are doing bad things, even when they say we would do them, uh, would do other bad things. I, I, I just don't think it sells. Well, you know, the, it's government spending, federal government spending is now 24% of GDP. Yes. That, that's like an all-time high. It's huge. And It's huge. And, it, you know, and I think, look, taxes are crucial uh, and the incentive model of growth, but I'm just saying that, Enough is enough. I mean, because uh, you've said this before, all this government spending comes with regulatory strings around it. And yep. uh, that's like strangling the economy. You know, plus it's 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 not good for the uh, for the inflation story. It's just not good. I mean, we're wasting resources. Totally. It's outrageous what we're doing on the spending. And I don't know where they get their the, the, the model that they wanted to why they want to do this is just baffling to me, Larry. They should want good, prosperous economy as well. But in fact, it seems like all they want is to blast Republicans and not provide prosperity for Americans. It's 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 really baffling to me. And uh, I, a, I wish it's a prosperity killer. It is a prosperity killer across the board. Yeah, it's a prosperity Not only do we need to cut spending, as you say, and and so correctly, so by a lot, but we also need to increase GDP with tax rate reductions and growth as well and deregulation. I mean, we need to do the whole prosperity picture, which, by the way, has not always been the Republican agenda. Mm. I mean, if you go back to Kennedy, which you wrote about very eloquently – um, you know, Kennedy, we, they cut spending, they increased the economy with tax cuts, they re- deregulated. It was just phenomenal what happened under Kennedy. And that's the agenda that we all should be wishing for. And Reagan. And Reagan, of course, and Trump. And Warren Harding and, and Coolidge. Good bill. Warren Harding yeah. and Coolidge. I want to Warren sneak Harding that in there. Coolidge. Yeah, well, you know, I was a class ahead of Warren Harding. And uh, just joking, you know, you use that line all the time myself. But see, I'm older than you are. And I, I'm able to use it more effectively. The, uh, if you remember, Reagan used it all the time. I know. I know. Sitting there with Thomas Jefferson debating this issue or that. <laughs> I just loved him. Miss, wish we could get back to that type of good bipartisan economics of Reagan and of Kennedy and of of Harding and Coolidge and of, of Trump. I wish we could get back to that good. We will. Amen. But it'll take some time. Amen. So anyway, uh, the um, the uh, Biden White House is now attacking the Trump tax cuts, saying they drove a $2 trillion deficit hole through the economy. And uh, all they did was affect rich people. And you did a pretty good job. Uh, covering that on the TV show. And I thought we'd walk through it again for our radio sure. listeners. And you've got sure. the numbers on this, which is very, very important. So first of yeah. all, it's another example of the big lie. Only rich people benefited and a $2 trillion deficit hole, which the numbers, the actual income tax revenue, corporate income tax revenue show are not true. Well, total tax revenues from the federal government in the two years following Trump's tax cut were increased increased by $240 billion. That's federal tax revenues. It's a much larger increase for that two-year period than from the prior two-year period, way above what these guys said would happen. Uh, it's really an amazing one. Now, if you look at all taxes, federal, state, and local, which I believe is more important, 
and more appropriate, total revenues, federal, state, and local went up by $440 billion, mm. which was much, much more than the prior two years. So, you know, you look at it, there was a surge in tax revenues on the federal level, as well as federal, state, and local level, following the Trump tax cuts, the bill, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and uh, way above what those people said. And by the way, not just left-wingers said it, right-wingers did too. Uh, you know, the uh, Tax Foundation said it'd be blow a big hole in it. It's just not true, Larry. Uh, this is the last chapter of the book, and taxes have consequences, is documenting all the wonderful things that happened from this. Unemployment rate dropping dramatically to all-time lows for minorities. The poverty rate dropping to all-time lows in this country. I mean, if you look at it, it just was across the board, a win, 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 win for the U.S. economy. And uh, by the way, Biden is building on that win by not repealing it. Mm. Uh, just for the record, if they thought it was so bad, they would have repealed it. Well, I think they wanted to repeal it, but they couldn't well, get they the votes. They all said that. They all said that. But I don't remember a bill going through that would have done it. I don't see how Nancy Pelosi couldn't have held that a coalition together if she'd wanted to. And and uh, uh, Schumer could have done it in the Senate as well with with uh, Kamala Harris. That is true, by the way. They never actually proposed a bill to repeal the Trump tax cuts. They talked and about a, it. And, and they talked about that. it. But nothing ever came, at least out of the Senate. There was never a Senate bill. Nope. And and they could have. But, you know, they I think they realized that the bill, you know, what you've said about it and what others said is true. It did lead to enhanced prosperity. And why in the heck would they want to destroy the prosperity that's in the economy right now by repealing that bill? Now, we'll see what happens. Uh, will they make those tax cuts permanent? That's what I'd love to see happen. Well, I had Jason Smith on. He's the new head of the House Ways and means committee. Okay. He's terrific, by the way. Yeah. Smart guy, smart young man. Yeah. And, um, he not only wants to work to get to make the Trump tax cuts permanent, he says he bu- he'll build upon them. I mean, we could drop art. The top rate went from 40, 39.6 to 37. You may recall the original plan was to take the top rate to 35. Yeah, of course, you know that Reagan left it at 28. I mean, we could drop the top rate some more and have a big bang in the economy. We sure could. And, and the corporate rate, remember, we were going to try to take it down to 15. Yes. If you remember yes. the discussions yes. there. And, and that would have just put us in the middle of the pack of OECD countries. It wouldn't have been the lowest one of all. It wouldn't have been outrageously extreme. When we cut the rate from 35 to 21, 35 was the single highest tax rate on corporate profits of any OECD country. Mm. We just put it back in the middle of the pack. So the point you could have done it nice and lower, too, I thought. The point you're making, uh, which the Bidens won't permit, won't allow, won't uh, recognize, is, A, it was a big boon to the economy, and, B, the revenues exceeded all expectations. We didn't lose money. We made money on revenues. And that's the Laffer curve effect. Well, there it is. I mean, it's there. And, you know, the one that some people don't mention except for you, Larry, which was, I think, your baby in there when you were in the White House, was the 100 percent expensing of yes. capital purchases. Yes. And that baby was huge. I mean, that had a really positive impact on the economy. Now, and, uh, you, you know, you were so correct on that. And that needs to be extended as well. It's running down. That's the problem. It's running yeah. down. It's 
It's not 100% this year. It's 80%. And then it goes 60-40. They should preserve that because we need capital equipment. We need business equipment, don't we? Yeah, and we also don't need to be taxing those and putting the government regulations and all the filings requirements on them. And you know, businesses should be able to do business mm-hmm. and not have to worry about government at every step of the way. And uh, putting that 100% expensing is just such a good way to do it. It's like Kennedy did. If you remember the uh, uh, the what was it, the seven percent investment tax credit, right. wasn't it? Or something. You know, and it was just. I mean. You really shot the economy through the moon under Kennedy and would have continued to do so here. Well, we just got a report, uh, fourth quarter GDP, which showed that the economy grew fourth over fourth at 1%. And two of those quarters were negative, Art. So, yep, I remember. You would think Biden would want a booster with a 1% economy. Um, he doesn't talk about growth. He talks about redistribution. He talks about taxing rich people. A 1% economy is not going to get us any place. And the Congressional Budget Office came out this week, and their 10-year projection is for a 1.5% economy. I mean, I know, that's I know. not prosperity. No, it's not, and especially when you think of it from fourth quarter of last year to fourth quarter of this previous year, uh, that, that year period. I mean, a 1% growth, and that's the rebound from COVID, which should be included in there. It not only should have not been 1%, it should have been 5%, Larry. Yep. I mean, it should have been much, much higher than long-term growth because we were rebounding from a low, low base. And, and, you know, it's just very disappointing. The U.S. is in a period of secular stagnation, mm. which and so is the rest of the world, by the way. I mean, look at Chile's coming down. You look at countries like China and Russia are also coming down, obviously Russia hugely, and Eurozone's coming way down, Britain. I mean, it's, a, it's sort of this malaise of the planet, and the U.S. has to be the one that leads us out of this, and Biden is not doing that. He's just not doing that at all. And then, And then they just make up stories about the like the 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 Trump tax cut which you know why would they Jared Bernstein should know what those numbers are mm. he's a trained phd who's working as the personal personal closest advisor on economics to the president of the united states and has been in that position for 12 or 15 years now he needs i mean he has to know what the right numbers are and yet he goes throwing the stuff across on msnbc to the fawning uh, uh, people there on that show. It just, it's just really disappointing. The scary part I mean, is he may, he may know the numbers, but he still disregards them for political reasons. He has to know the numbers. You know, I mean, there that's the scary part. It is really scary. And when politics takes over from, from correct analysis, hmm. we've got a bet, we got a real problem on our hands. All right. Arthur, stay with me. Uh, I got to take a quick commercial break. I want to come on the other side. I want to talk about your theme about the GOP should become stewards of prosperity. We don't have the prosperity anymore. We're talking with the great Art Laffer, by the way, folks, and his most recent book, Taxes Have Consequences, an income tax history of the United States. It's out there. One click on Amazon. I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Cudlow. We are here with the great Arthur Laffer. Dr. Laffer is chairman and chief economist of Laffer Associates. He is a Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient, and he has a brand-new book out, very, very important, Taxes Have Consequences, an Income Tax History of the United States. Um, Art, uh, if I go back 
1947, post-World War II, that's when the federal economic data really got organized. Between then and the year 2000, GDP, real GDP after inflation, grows at uh, slightly more than 3.5%, 3.5% annual rate. And it covers, I don't know, you know, 10 recessions, 11 recoveries, something like that. But that's the average number. Since the year 2000, which is now over two decades, we're starting our third decade, that number drops down to 1.9%. And as you said earlier in the interview, um, we're looking at only 1.5%, or I said the CBO is predicting 1.5%. You called it secular stagnation. Why is this, Art? Why have we lost so much growth, which incidentally translates into tens of trillions of lost output and income for American families? Why do you reckon this is? You know, I, I think it's purely and simply macroeconomic policies on the part of our government is where I'm coming at it. Now, obviously, we have population growth, which probably isn't all that sensitive to tax rates. And we have a lot of things that are not economics that are that do play on this, Larry. But the key feature here is macroeconomic policies. We have a tax system that is extremely pervasive across the board. It's not just the highest rate. It's all the way across the board on the federal level. Uh, you can see it on state levels in places like Illinois and Michigan and New Jersey and Connecticut, and I could go on and on and on. We also have excessive spending, which spending is taxation. Mm. Uh, government spending is taxation. Now, if you have two people in, in an economy and one of them gets unemployment benefits, guess who pays for it? The other one. The other one. <laughs> the other one. Yeah. Right. And all of that, which you talk about uh, at length, uh, then we have unsound money. Look at the inflation we had this past year. It was as bad as it was under Jimmy Carter or close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then regulations. Everywhere we have regulations just abounding all over the place. I mean, health care regulations, you don't even know what your health care costs. Uh, and then finally, free trade. And this is the one where people do disagree because of foreign policy. But free trade is really important to stimulate economic growth, Larry. And all of those have moved in the wrong direction. Uh, over this whole period. Now, we had spurts of wonderfulness in, uh, let's say, Kennedy, which I take your book as being the, the Bible on that. We had uh, tax cuts on trade. We had tax rate reductions, dramatic ones. We had sound money. Kennedy repegged the dollar. All of those things Kennedy did. We had a spurt of growth there. We had the same thing under Reagan. We had a, somewhat the same thing under Trump. But overall, the whole period, we've really fallen short on this. And that's why we have secular stagnation. If there were one, I don't know, one or two things you could, maybe you just have to do the package. That's what you're saying. You have to become stewards of prosperity, and it's a a four-point package or a five-point package. Yeah, you can't have an operation that's successful and the patient dying. And there are lots of ways of the patient dying. There are only a few ways of making this success. And you need the whole package of that to create the success. And, and Biden, unfortunately, in this in, in this period, has gone against all five of the pillars of prosperity. Mm. You know, he's tried to increase taxes. He's tried to increase spending. Uh, he's uh, tried to have unsound monetary policy. Uh, he's surely overregulated like mad. Mm. And uh, he's restricted trade in the world economy. So all five of those have moved in the wrong direction uh, under Biden. You and said to me. To get back to 
You know, you, I don't, don't mean to interrupt. You said to me weeks ago that the person that's going to capture the Republican nomination and or the person that's going to be the next president will be the one that shows he or she can be a steward of prosperity, restore exactly. the prosperity. And I yeah. still think, I mean, I think you're 100% right. And I think that has to be, that certainly got to be the Republican message. I'm not really hearing it yet, but I'm saying I think that's the benchmark. That's the standard. You've created the standard of value. Yeah, the thing you started off with is why do they, why does Biden go and say we're going to cut Social Security? It's because we don't have a central vision of the world as Republicans. Mm. Uh, they're all over the board. Now, once we get a candidate in the 2024 primary going and once it coalesces if it does coalesce as it did in 1980 Mm. around being guardians of prosperity we'll have it really done and that's what we need to guide and go for 100 percent. the great art laffer folks please buy his book taxes have consequences i'm larry kudler we're going to take a break and the other side of the break we're going to talk some energy policy which is improving under the house gop even though the bidens don't like it i'm kudlow Stay with us. We're going to have the pillars of prosperity.